Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and today's episode includes more audio from one of my discussions with Coach Glenn Penley while working on his upcoming book, American Weightlifting. Now, this is not an interview of any sorts. It's just a recorded discussion from our time working together. And the reason I used to record these audio clips is because I used to refer back to them to fill in gaps in my note-taking. Glenn would always be talking and I would either be typing away or scribbling away on a piece of paper trying to get down all the information, but he gives out a lot of knowledge and it was just impossible for me to get everything down and also to not have to interrupt him while he was in the middle of a thought process, which I felt was very important. I wanted him just to rift, to rant, to go and get all of his thoughts on the topic out there without me having to ask him to repeat himself over and over because I just couldn't keep up in my writing. And it helped a lot in writing the book and making sure that the things that he wanted was in the book or you know uh, the descriptions of exercises, the programming, everything was to the highest quality of what he would have wanted. Now, some of the things that we talk about during this discussion include motor learning and how it pertains to the weightlifting skills of the snatch and the clean and jerk. Learning those lifts with lightweight or an empty barbell versus learning them with heavy or maximal weights. And also athletes adapting to training and learning how to manage their day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month fatigue that builds up from hard training. And also how to auto-regulate and adjust the training program to benefit from that fatigue because not every day is always going to be exactly the same and our expectations have to be managed when going into a training session. And at the very end of this talk, we talk a little bit about tapering for a weightlifting meet. Now, before we dive into the discussion, I just want to give a little bit of upfront knowledge or information to fill in some of the gaps in this conversation because we don't really go over specific definitions of some things or some exercises. And that might be a little confusing if maybe you don't uh, have an exercise science background or you don't follow weightlifting or you just happen to not know about the particular exercise that we're talking about in this discussion. So first, motor learning. We talk about that right in the beginning on the learning process on what's going on in the body from a neurological standpoint to learn the snatch and the clean and jerk. And the definition of motor learning or one of them, is the ability to perform a motor skill as a result of practice or experience. And I think that's a pretty cool definition because we kind of break that down during this discussion on practice or experience. And I think that experience part is really important because you can practice a snatch with an empty barbell, but it doesn't mean that empty barbell practice if it's not done in a certain way that really challenges you uh, once you become adept at the skill, uh, will lead into progress on your competition snatch performance. But practicing the snatch at maximal or near maximal weights and gaining that experience and how to adjust your movement and how to move that heavy weight, both physically and mentally, does benefit that end result. And we kind of talk about that. And when I was just looking up on Google, I'm like, all right, well, I should define motor learning. It's been a little while since I've opened up my motor behavior textbooks from back in the day. And I saw this definition. I was like, 
whoa, that's that's exactly what we were talking about. So it's important that you know that going in, just what the general definition of motor learning is. And then you can kind of see the wheels turning in Coach Penley's brain on how he breaks it down and how he applies it to the training process and his methods. Uh, another thing that we talk about is the jerk step. Now, the jerk step was one of Coach Penley's favorite exercises for improving conditioning, strength, and motor patterns on the jerk. And there's other benefits to the exercise as well that we don't discuss in the episode, such as conditioning overall and bringing up imbalances leg to leg. Maybe you're a split jerker and you always split forward with your right leg. Well, you might develop a strength imbalance on your left leg and that leaves you open to injury. So on this exercise, you get to use both legs in the splitting motion. And what a jerk step is, for those of you who have never done one, and if you've never done one, I highly recommend you try it, is uh, you put a heavy barbell on your back, just like you would a back squat. You take it off of a squat rack, face out into an open room where you have room to walk, you know, several steps, and you step forward into your split stance and hold that position. Then you recover the proper way, front foot slides back first, back foot steps forward to meet it, and you've inched forward just a little bit because this is a traveling exercise. And then you do it again. You step into your split stance on that exact same leg and then recover over and over again until you've done the prescribed number of reps. And Coach Penley liked to prescribe sets of 10 per leg. And the way that we did them was doing all 10 reps on the right leg with the right leg leading the way and then all 10 reps going back, returning to the squat rack with all the reps done on the left leg leading the way. And not only are you going to get your split stance uh, uh, and your jerk stance stronger, uh, but you're also going to have quite the conditioning effect on this exercise. I would equate it to doing a 20 rep max back squat, not just because it's 20 total reps, but having done both of them, I would say the, the pain and the suffering is pretty darn close on both. And that brings back a memory of uh, when Coach Penley came to Albany CrossFit several years ago to put on a seminar, he had me demo jerk steps to the group. And we had just come back from lunch. We had lunch at Chipotle, and I got a giant burrito, quad meat, guac, rice, beans, the whole thing, several pounds of food in my stomach. And then he tells me, he's like, James, uh, need you to demo the jerk step. And I think he was looking for someone else to do it, and then a big smile came across his face and he's like, I'll torture James for a little bit. So we slapped down 225 pounds on the bar, and I did all the jerk steps across the room with my right leg, all the jerks across the room back with my left leg. I wanted to die after five reps. Uh, I'm a weightlifter, I'm not a crossfitter. My lungs were on fire. My hands and arms were on fire because I was squeezing the bar so hard because I wanted to drop it so badly. It was, it was torture. I wanted to throw up. And that was the only way that I was not going to drop that bar is one, you're not going to drop the bar in front of a big group like that. And coach Glenn Penley standing in front of you, coaching you every step of the way. But for extra insurance, I was squeezing that bar as hard as I possibly could. So my hands and arms were on fire. My traps were on fire from just holding the barbell there. And I think I was starting to shrug up just to find some relief in the movement. And man, it was it was excruciating. That was definitely the, the hardest part for me of the entire weekend seminar. Uh, but it's such 
an incredible movement, as you will learn when Coach Penley discusses the benefits of it and how it pertains to motor learning and also training in a fatigued state with heavy weight. So I hope you enjoy this episode and this discussion with Coach Penley. Keep an eye out for more updates on his upcoming book, American Weightlifting. There will be more news on that in the coming weeks, and we are looking at definitely a fall release here. And I'm going to continue to release these discussions throughout the weeks before, during, and after that book comes out. And uh, just for the benefit of everybody and also just to excite everyone on the book as well. So again, enjoy. Uh, yes, and uh, I had a question. Uh, the last one you sent yesterday with the uh, you're talking about max weights and keeping uh, mechanics and whatnot. Would that go in the uh, jerk step section? Since it kind of talked about the jerk step. No, I think that I think that should go in a training session because I think that that is an overall thing that really matters in training. Um, together with the fatigue and the weight because that is you know it's like the motor learning I really want to make the point that obviously for motor learning the number one important thing or the, one of the most important things is actually do the correct motion that you want to learn you have to practice that motion again and again I think in an email made the point that that's kind of what separates weightlifting from powerlifting. Powerlifting is pretty different um, because the squat and bench press are not that difficult to learn. Um, just not that difficult. Um, on the other hand, the snatch is very difficult to learn. So it's just, it's completely different as a movement and as a sport. It's hard to actually learn the movement. So the, the snatch in you can practice a snatch with an empty bar until cows come home. You know, it just doesn't really make a difference. It, if it's okay to begin learning, you can get a start, but that doesn't go very far. You know, it, it, it's, it's starting and, and not much else. To really learn a snatch, you have to do it with weight that is closer to what you'll be using in competition. That's how you really learn a snatch. That's how you really learn weightlifting. Things like the jerk steps. Well, the other thing is fatigue. You know, if you're under, if you're under um, a backup of fatigue, that kind of simulates your weight. And training, I mean, you have to do things good in training, and training very normally is done with fatigue. But that is what separates most of the and that's what makes a great weightlifter, and that's what makes you a good technician, is the ability to do these things with a lot of weight in the bar and yeah. a lot of fatigue. That's what really makes a difference. And things like jerk steps kind of bridge the gap between just being with the footwork work unloaded, which everybody can do, to being able to do the footwork under heavy load, which is 
So I remember at my uh, my USAW cert, they really emphasized the footwork for the jerk, and you know uh, they they used the example of uh, you need to get like ten thousand repetitions to be proficient in something. You know that old uh, example. Yeah, 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 and they they are real big on that. And I I'm gonna say that I kind of I'm not gonna say I disagree with that, but in, in a way I do because I guess I don't I don't doubt that you need ten thousand repetitions. You do need a lot of repetitions. It really hurts. But practicing under load can cut that number down by significantly. Practicing under load is much, much, much more efficient. You need way less if the practice is at higher percentage of load and or, or, and, or, at a similar speed. So, obviously you can't do jerk steps at the same speed at first. You can't really do the same speed, but, but you can do the same geometry and then they're loading that bridge that you can. Because that's how you have to learn the lifts. You have to learn the lifts under load or under fatigue to make it relevant. And from the standpoint of that sort of things really sets everything apart from a sport like powerlifting. We're training. You have to do these moments correctly. We're conditioning, basically, conditioning almost simulates heavy load. Everybody, I think, knows that as you fatigue, your motor 
Yeah. Would would you say that weightlifting's more or closer to a sport like tennis, where you have to have good technique on your strokes when you're when you're tired and fatigued? Is there is, a, um, is there is another sport that you could kind of compare I'm trying to? to think of one off the top of my head here that I can think of that, that, that is like tennis, but not quite that. But, you know, tennis is as good as any. I mean, yes, tennis is, is like that. You have to do it correctly or you're going to suck. It's not only hitting the ball 100 miles an hour, it's also hitting the ball accurately at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. This, uh, in the other email you sent me earlier, you, you talked about sort of the same thing, uh, just worded maybe a little differently. Uh, but the first paragraph, you talk about feeling terrible one day and then not, and making PRs the next day. So it's kind of along the same lines. Um, and I think most people, when they start to feel terrible, it's normally when they take a rest day, you know, or start to back off their training. Actually adapting. You're not going to feel the same. 
20 people there. You know, I was just talking, I've got a, got a guy that I'm coaching right now. Um, well, let's see, I think he's from Massachusetts. So I just sent him an email last night because he's having this, he's making PRs. I think the person in question actually did a jerk recovery with 227 last week. Push press 150 for set five. Last week was great, by the way. I mean, he's strong. He's strong kid. Yeah, those are strong numbers. Yeah, those are very strong. He front squatted. You, what advice do you give, like, for pe- how people should mentally handle that? say if their, if their program says, you know, five singles at 90% and they miss all that's five. Because that's the exact workout that Matt did on Friday of last week. And he couldn't make even one single at 90%. That's the exact same workout he was doing. He was doing snatch pulls, snatch high pulls plus snatch. 
So if he misses the first three singles, he shouldn't bump the weight down. He should keep attacking 90. Yes, yes. If he missed, if he missed one or two singles, yes, I would go down to 80%. If you make it, then do one at 85%. If you make it, maybe try 90% again. Okay, so you got yeah, definitely if you miss three singles, you should go down. But I'm just saying that he didn't do that. He missed, uh, he missed three and just stopped. But I, he didn't, I wasn't on the phone with him, you know, so he missed three, said I'm not doing it right, something's wrong, I'm going to call Glenn. And he called me the next day, or later that day, and, or he emailed me later that day, and, I, and so I emailed him back yesterday. So lifters have to learn as well how to auto-regulate a little bit. Your body is going to auto-regulate for you. I mean, I guess you have to learn it. That's true. But the, the biggest message for this is that I don't care whether you want it or not. Your body is going to do it for you, no matter what. Now, um, so coming off of this, they're at a, you know they're going through the adaptation phase and process. Things are tough. Their body's learning things, and leading up to a meet, uh, do you normally have your 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 athletes taper? And when they do taper, that probably gets better. What they were going through earlier. Yes, I have taper. We usually do like a two week taper. That's one of the things that I've changed as I've gotten older. I I used to do like a, a very small taper. Very small taper. I do a two-week taper now. I have even experimented with three-week tape, taper, which works pretty well. Um, so, but yeah, we taper, definitely. Um, I'll have to look back into the text uh, uh, by the competition uh, chapter. Was there a, a recommended taper for people to follow? I recommend two weeks, I think. I can't really remember off the top of my head what was in that chapter, but I definitely recommend about a two-week taper for most people. And I have a specific uh, taper that I, and it usually goes um, two weeks out. We either Monday or Wednesday, you can do it either way. Uh, Wednesday works fine. You can clean and jerk to max first. Then Friday you clean, or then uh, yeah, Wednesday you clean your max. Friday you snatch your max because snatches don't take as much recovery. And then uh, the whole next week you're lifting, you know, eighty percent or less. So the seven days before the meet, you're you're doing eighty percent or less. So um, it's it's two weeks out is the is the week where we go to maxes. You can do that on, on Monday and Wednesday, or you can do it on Wednesday and Friday. Um, those are the two days that you do it on. But two weeks out is when we, when we max out. Um, and then everything's taper after that. Okay. 